You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. Welcome to the Locked On Hornets podcast. I'm Walker Mail alongside Nada Edwards and Doug Branson. Whoa! Back with us. Oh! Stranger danger. Oh! Back running the ones and twos. How are you doing, Doug? Hey, guys. How was your trips? Yeah, trips multiple. I went to San Diego, then I went to Philadelphia, and then I went to Dallas. Ate a lot of uh, ate a lot of red meat. A lot of great red you're meat a man. in all three of those locations. Yeah, how the meat sweats holding up? Well, it's it was meat sweats. I think meat made me actually ill. Not stomach ill, but like I've had a cold for the past. You could hear it in my voice. I have the Phoebe Buffet like sexy soldiery voice right now because <laughs> you do. a little extra bass because I have a cold now. So, but whatever. I'm back. I've been watching the games, most of them anyway. I've got takes. I've got analysis. I'm ready to go. God, sizzling. I can't wait Woo! to get to Doug's takes later on oh. today. You can catch us all on Twitter at Walker Mail, at Not of the Scribe, and at Doug Branson LOH. You can catch the show handle at Locked on Hornets on most of the social media platforms. So let's dive into those takes right now. Yes. First off, just a general consensus on how we all feel about what we've seen from the Hornets so far this season. So far, um, they're. Basically what I expected. They blew the one game I expected them to win. They won a game in Miami that I didn't expect them to win. And at this point, I'm hoping they just don't go one into the fo- this following week. How do you feel, Doug? Well, I didn't expect them to be this dependent on Kimba Walker. I think that's been the biggest surprise for me. And then also the development of Miles Bridges and the energy that he's brought to this team has surprised me out of the gate. He doesn't always know where to be, but the fact that the coaching staff is now depending on him to give them early minutes, I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing or a bad thing at this point in the season, but it's certainly a great thing for his development and probably a great thing for the team as the season rolls on to give Bridges that time in the game. How about Miles Bridges with 30 minutes against the Philadelphia 76ers? That's more than Marvin Williams got. Marvin got 23. That's more than Cody Zeller at 26. That's more than Lamb at 29. That's more than the guys you would expect as well. MKG, more than him, 23. And the only guys that performed with more minutes than Miles Bridges was Kimba Walker and Nick Batum. Only two players that got more minutes than Miles Bridges. And against Chicago, he got, what was it, 26 minutes against them and actually stepped up and hit a few threes in this Philly game and a tight game, by the way. These weren't meaningless minutes. They weren't garbage time. This was a game that was really fought till the end where the Charlotte Hornets in the fourth quarter were battling to try to beat this team. And eventually, Miles Bridges was a guy that was significant in and basically in them keeping up with Philadelphia. Like it's it's impressive to see. Look, we we've talked about it. I was not high, but as you've seen his development from the summer and from the summer league from preseason to what he's doing now, you know, I I think what you've seen from Miles Bridges, it's been a nice surprise in some eyes and it's been a nice development from what we've seen this offseason. And quite frankly, the bigger thing is just the fact that he's stepped up because one of my biggest questions for him was can you do all this scoring that you're doing in these fourth quarters against backups? Can you take that and can you translate it against starters, rotation, actual rotation guys? And he has. Now, granted, there are some things he still needs to clean up. Defensively, still kind of a mess. But offensively, 
again, the kid's dynamite right now, and that energy you can tell they need on a night-to-night basis. And if you can give them just that, then you know what? You, you might have something cooking there. Looks comfortable with the starters, not afraid of the moment, had the highest effective field goal percentage of any player in that Philadelphia game. So, I, yeah, I mean, through the roof for Bridges right now. Sky's the limit. Sky yeah. miles, baby. Yeah, and Devontae Graham getting some run in a meaningful game, by the way. Somebody who had been inactive for most of the season. Devontae Graham comes in with Tony Parker not playing in this game. Devontae gets 13 minutes, three of six from the field, does hit a three-pointer, gets a couple of assists, and he finishes with seven points and 13 minutes played. Like Devontae Graham, somebody that I love as a second-round pick for this team. A lot of people were pleasantly surprised at what he did in summer league he played meaningful minutes for the first time this season and actually showed you something good against Philadelphia and he's going to be in a weird situation all season where he has to be ready to play against NBA talent basically every night because you don't know uh, when and if a Tony Parker will play especially in those back-to-back situations but it's nice to see him coming in there and, and asserting himself you, they've drafted two guys with supreme confidence, and and we're seeing the effects of that already. Yeah, basketball IQ for Devontae Graham was kind of critical. And what just the one pass I know he made to Bridges out on the wing, something like that. That's a basketball savvy that you don't necessarily see from second-round picks, much less rookies. The fact that he was able to do that, still keep his head, were there mistakes being made? Yes, but for his first real game action, I think it was pretty good. But Miles Bridges got to look down at those toesies. Got to make sure those yeah. toesies aren't on the linesies. <laughs> Just take a little half step back. Let's turn that two into a three, and that effective field goal percentage goes even higher. Yeah, he's learning. He's trying to learn uh, with some of that other stuff that you have to learn coming into the NBA. And with Miles Bridges getting some minutes, like we said, there were some guys that weren't logging as much minutes as we had seen in previous games this season. So Marvin Williams, that's the guy I want to talk about first and foremost. Marvin yeah. Williams, 23 minutes. It just seems like Miles directly translates into that particular position right like it, it seemed you know there's a, there is a versatility with his front court where you could put him there but it seems like that would be the most player for player swap that you would have it would be Marvin coming out and Marvin just he just has not been good certainly offensively at all this season the one thing though is that Marvin did have a slow start to this season last year and when you start thinking about what Marvin did Mar- most of Marvin's damage didn't come till January, February, even into parts of March. So the fact that this wasn't factored for, I kind of put on the front office because you needed a viable option in case Marvin did start late. And again, he's an older player. Maybe his legs aren't going to be there all that often. But the fact that Miles has taken that next step might make it a little bit easier. Yeah, and Bridges, you know, they had initially slotted him as a three and, and maybe even playing him a little bit at two. But really, he has been a four for this Charlotte Hornets team, and he is taking minutes away from Marvin Williams. And part of that is Miles Bridges playing a little bigger than than his stature. Marvin has shot 37% from the field early into this season, and he shot 225 from three-point land, or 22%, 23, if you will. So, I mean, that's it's been awful. I mean, Don't the, need a calculator. No, the, the inefficiency has been or it's, it's the efficiency, I should say. It's been awful for Marvin Williams. And then you look at a, a point that I made, I think maybe a couple of podcasts ago, talking about somebody needing to step up and provide some kind of offense for this team outside of Kimba Walker. 
Nick Batum is not helping any of his fans out if there were too many out there. I mean, he's been pretty bad as well. He's uh, shooting it, under 40%. Jeremy Lamb under 40%. Malik under 40%. Tony Parker before the Bulls game under 40%. I mean, they're not getting anybody that has any kind of perimeter-oriented game to shoot efficiently. Yeah. Oh, okay, but but on Batum, though, he is facilitating nearly everything for the Charlotte Hornets right now. I mean, you, you don't get a lot of what you've seen from Kimball Walker so far without Nick Batum basically setting a lot of that up. His, his assist to usage is is through the roof right now. So I'll give that to Nick, but his shooting has to improve. But Marvin, on the other hand, he had that wide open three opportunity that really would have changed the calculus against the Philadelphia 76ers and allowed the Hornets to steal a victory early in the season. And and he just he had all day and he missed the shot. And again, Marvin is not giving you a lot these days other than his ability to shoot the basketball. The other thing is on Nick Batum's defense, Nick defended Ben Simmons a whole lot better than a lot of guys have previously against Simmons with this team. The fact that he defended Simmons so well and kept them in the game defensively because Simmons has been known to go downhill and basically challenge and cause havoc against the Hornets. The fact that Nick was able to slow him down and impede him is a big thing that I don't think needs to get lost. In but two this. points in that game, two points in that game against yeah. Philly. That's Look, not going. I, to I hear you guys. Like I'm staring at the score, and I hear you guys. I, I got gotcha. you. I hear you too. <laughs> I mean, you can't. And it's not anything new though from Nick. I mean, this is this is the problem with with Nick Batum, right? We we know about his ability to facilitate an offense, but you have to shoot better, and you needed some kind of resurrection from him under James Borrego, right? And you have not gotten that offensively a whole lot from him. And even the look, we we knew we know that the assists are supposed to be up under this new and under this new scheme. Mm-hmm. I mean, even Batum right now in the early going is averaging three point seven. He averaged close to six the last couple of seasons. The field goal percentage is right around where it has been the last couple, and it's been off. It's been at 41, 41, 40, and the three-point percentage is actually up a little bit, and that's at 36%, which is fine, but I hope he can keep it up. Look, and and Nick, averaging under 10 points a game, I want to see a significant amount more. I get you. The facilitation, the defense, there are some things that he can do, but with with that kind of player helping a team make a big jump, trying to get to a, a legitimate spot for this franchise, like I, I need more from Nick. I need more. I think the hole at two is a little bit bigger. The the hole at two is big, and we'll get to that here uh, after this break. Uh, nothing beats the thrill of watching your favorite teams and your favorite artists perform live. And Visit Seats is here to help you find your seat to a Panthers game, Hornets game, concert show, or anything that you can get tickets to. Vivid Seats offers great prices and a purchasing experience that is super easy. And all Vivid Seats confirmed orders are backed by a 100% guarantee. So supporting Vivid Seats, it means you're supporting this show. Here's what you need to do. Go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Enter promo code Locked On to receive $20 off orders of $200 or more. That's Locked On, all caps, all one word, and you will get $20 off of your order of $200 or more once again at Vivid Seats. We'll take a quick break. I'm Walker Mail alongside Nada Edwards and Doug Branson. Stick around with us on the Locked On Hornets podcast. This is Locked On Hornets. You know, Golden State spent almost a minuscule amount of time with zero of their starters out on the floor. They had at least one out there the entire you time. Have four Hall of Famers. Yeah, they do. And so <laughs> you you just put them anywhere. Have, you just have one out Stack there. Stack them up. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. 
Welcome back. Thanks again for joining us here on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Looking at the positions a little bit here and what basically just the overall view of the Charlotte Hornets is to this point in the season, Nada, you brought up the two guard position and how you've said a couple of times it doesn't seem like anybody wants this two guard starting spot. No, it's like literally the island and lost. Everybody, no one wants to really be there. I mean, I expected more out of Jeremy Lamb. I even wrote him as the X factor in my Hornets preview for Dime. And he lets you down. He let me down. And then I thought Malik Monk would do something because, again, everybody thought, oh, this is Clifford's fault. This is going to be – and now that he's going to be unleashed on the Borrego. And what does Malik do? Two games where he showed up and the rest. And, I mean, at some point, someone's got to win this two-guard spot. Maybe this is, the competition has fallen so far that maybe – even Dwayne Bacon gets a shot at some point, and I don't. I wouldn't blame him. I loved Malik Monk so much coming out of college, and the fast couple of games that he played, and really against Milwaukee, where he still didn't shoot fifty percent in that game, but it was at least you know he hit some big shots down the down the stretch of that game where they were able to at least have a chance to beat Milwaukee. Same thing with Miami; hit a couple of big time jump shots. Those are all great. But now, again, shooting 35% from the field, just again, you just go down these shooting percentages. They're god-awful from a lot of players, and Malik Monk not helping. And, and I love Malik Monk so much coming out of college. I was worried that he would be this guy that just doesn't shoot at a high percentage, but he's going to go off maybe every other, you know, maybe every three, four games or something where he shows you 20 points and you're just there to hold on a little bit longer. He'd been compared so many times to Jamal Crawford, to Lou Williams, the slender body type that lets it fly whenever they want to. And I just wanted to believe there was something more than that. I wanted to get something extra. And so far, he's not proving my hopes right at all because right now he's, he's an inefficient basketball player at this moment that doesn't do a whole lot else for you to help win a basketball game. Maybe assist-wise, I think he can facilitate a little bit better. And we've talked about his passing ability, but he doesn't rebound. He doesn't play defense. And and you, you got to score, and Malik is not scoring at an efficient rate. Yeah, he's still a major negative defensively. So players like that have to perform well offensively to deserve playing time. And he and he lacks size as well. And we've seen we saw Chicago beat them up with size. Philly tried to beat them up with size. You're you're seeing Biombo Bridges getting minutes, getting more significant minutes because they have. It looks like Borrego is just sort of relented and said, okay, I've got to put size out on the floor. I've got to put rim protection out on the floor. And you've seen uh, Malik Monk's minutes go away as a result. And they honestly, they need Monk's services though, because Kimball Walker took 31 field goal attempts. By the end of that game, he was gassed. It would have been nice to have a Malik Monk type shot maker come in and knock down a few. Well, that's what you felt so good about at Miami is Malik went to Kimba and said, quote, I got you, bro. And then he got him. And he actually delivered. And that's that's all we've gotten from him as far as stepping up in that kind of way. We just haven't seen it since. And it'd be nice if Jeremy Lamb was a lot more efficient basketball player, and he's just not playing that way right no, now. No, he's not playing that way. The other thing we got to remember about guys like Lou Williams and that it took a lot of years and a lot of teams for them to get right. And well, it still takes a lot of teams. I mean, they still move around because it's not an essential. I mean, Lou Williams, he he's trade bait every time the trade deadline rolls around. Exactly. But that's what I mean. Like those kind of guys need time sometimes to figure out exactly where they fit. And unfortunately for the Hornets, if the idea is the playoffs, 
then you might not have that time to develop them. And some someone at some point, Jeremy Lamb, needs to step up. For our $3 and $5 Patreon subscribers, we're doing a weekly thread where you can ask all of your burning questions about the Hornets, the NBA, anything really that you have on your mind. So today we have a question from Zach. Quote, I have a constant debate with my friends about the talent that is Kimba Walker. I say he's on the level of Kyrie Irving. Can I get some backup here or either throw me in the hot take machine and tell me how wrong I am? So I don't have anything for the hot take machine. I don't know if you guys do. But let's fire it up anyway, though. No, you want it? All right, let's let's fire up the hot take. Not a, not a pressing the 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 button. Well, so let's do it. you get this. I mean, is I mean, the, this is what happens I, what, every what, time. You guys have no. I, I'm going to have to print. An I think I've, I know. I've got you. I you, think I under. I think I have a feel on what to do with the hot take machine. But right. last time we brought it out, not a not. A, I feel like didn't know how to use it. No, I don't know how to use it. Well, then why saying. are we firing it up? No, I we don't. I don't want to break it. I don't want to use it. We we don't use it if we can't use it. It's correctly. an expensive piece of equipment, and, and you guys just want to treat it <laughs> like it's just a, like a soda machine. This not is a, not a soda machine. You have to listen. You have to put a lukewarm take in. And it transforms it into a hot take. It's a microwave. It's a damn take microwave is what it is. It's you put it on when it's been sitting out a little bit more. You put it in the microwave and then it heats it up for you and you're good to go. Okay, fine. It's a hot take microwave. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I apologize. Keep your hands to yourself. Don't touch the damn machine, nada. Let's go to this once again. Kyrie Irving, Kimba Walker, how close are they in talent? I'll tell you guys what I think. I As much as I love Kimba Walker, to me, Kyrie Irving is just a better basketball player. That's just how it is for me. Yeah. I, I think when you look at the stats, the guy has, especially the last two seasons. Now, I don't I don't know what you can take away the first six, seven games of the season, because right now, Kimba is the better basketball player. Mm-hmm. If, if you want to talk about just this year, there's no doubt about, about it. Kimba is playing better than what Kyrie is. But the last two years, you know, Kyrie has shot over 40% from beyond the arc. The guy's averaging around 25 points a game the last couple of seasons. Uh, the assists, they're about the same for him. I think finishing at the rim is something that separates them a great deal. Yes. You know, Kyrie is amazing. He's a magician at finishing at the rim. And Kemba, it's something that he's worked on because he's been kind of inefficient at that particular aspect in the past. And so, I and look, you just look at the overall field goal percentage. It's pretty impressive to see a guy that takes that many threes per game, almost six and then seven the last couple of years before this one, still average 40% from beyond the arc and still shoot better than 47%. Like Kyrie to me is offensively as good as a lot of point guards out there. And I think even defensively, everybody was lauding him for the step that he took under Brad Stevens. The one thing I will say about this take is this. When the Heat played the Hornets, what is it now, three, four years ago? If you swap point guards, the Hornets win that series with Kyrie instead of Kemba. That's all I'm going to say on that. Yeah, I think so. Let's let's take this. Is that is that one for the hot take machine? No, I'm playing. Go let's ahead. let's break this down to pat. Let's break this argument between Kimba Walker and and Kyrie Irving into past, present, and future. Okay, all right, all so right, break it down. In, in the past, I think Walker, you made a great argument that Kyrie's you know first several years in the league, uh, first uh, you know six seven years in the league. Well, I was just even going kind of like a present, like the last two. Like right. if you want to go past two seasons, Kyrie has been special to me, at least when you look at what he's done. Exactly. And so then hyper present, I think you're right. I think Kimball Walker has started the season better than, right. than Kyrie Irving. And I think that Kimball Walker has ad- is addressing certain areas in his game that have left him behind 
Kyrie Irving in a lot of these arguments. And but but ultimately, when you look at the future, I just think that the size limitations for Kimba Walker and and the game limitations for Kimba Walker will will ultimately keep him behind Kyrie Irving in any conversation about what point guard was better. Although I think it's been pretty amazing what Kimba has done this season to to get offense that I think it would have been easy to say several years ago that he couldn't get. And yeah. if and if you're arguing for the case that Kimba is better than Kyrie, I I would imagine it kind of looks like if you put him in the same situation that he was in, I would imagine that would be some ammo for the people that think Kimba is better 10, than Kyrie. Club. Yeah, I would imagine that you know they would put that in there, but also mentioning kind of what you did, where let's say you put Kimba except with the Cleveland Cavaliers and you take Kyrie off, how good is Kimba? How how, how much are you seeing Kimba in they a different They don't win the light? finals. So, you know, and... I'll just say this. Until until this season, I haven't seen anything from Kimba Walker that I thought would put him in danger of being an all-NBA level player. I mean, he's been amazing relative to what we've seen here in Charlotte. But when you put him toe-to-toe with the rest of the NBA... I haven't seen anything that I thought, well, he really deserves some all-NBA consideration until the beginning of this season. Now yeah. I'm starting to no, think, right. wow, if he if he continues on this trend, and, and Irving already has that all-NBA consideration. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, welcome aboard, Doug. Welcome aboard to the Kemba for all-NBA. Welcome aboard. Well, well, hold on one second. Now, if, if I'm, I'm, I'm... Small sample size. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to, yes, with the sample size, but also I would be willing if I had to bet my money I would also be willing to say that Kimba probably doesn't get it, especially when you look at the competition that he just has to beat. Agreed. I mean, the, the competition, It we're in a point guard league right now, and a lot of people would make the, the case that Kyle Lowry is playing better than what Kimba Walker. I mean, he's, oh, I wouldn't he's disagree. stupid right now. I wouldn't disagree. I would say Lowry's probably all point all NBA first team point guard. I would say that. I would probably – Kemba's in like four or five, though. I would put him no, Kimba. Kimba has been amazing, and if you were to end the season at seven games, six games, whatever, I think you got to find a spot for him. He's, I mean, he's an MVP up. conversation at this point. Yes, like what, what what you've seen from him so far, he has been amazing, and and certainly you have to respect what his game has entailed so far in 2018. Is your company looking for a new way to reach customers? Your company could be mentioned right now on this podcast. Podcast listeners are 60 percent more likely to interact with sponsors they hear on their podcast in our demographic is 98% male and more education and earning more than traditional media audiences. Sponsor the show that you love and share your message with other like-minded fans so you can email info at LockedOnHornets.com. Once again, info at LockedOnHornets.com for more information. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. A cryptic, weird quote from Adrian Wojnarowski on his podcast about Frank Kaminsky. What could that all mean? Stick around and find out on the Locked On Hornets podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. This is Locked On Hornets. And just that I showed any kind of vulnerability, well, you, yeah, you I just, think not is just going to jump You are the gazelle it. limping through the African <laughs> safari. I'm in the mud. Yeah. I'm in I'm in some sticky yeah, mud. You are the hippo stuck in the mud. <laughs> yes, yes. And I'm about to just get destroyed by Nas. Or by Nas. <laughs> by Nas. By Nas. <laughs> He's going to come out with me a rap battle. <laughs> it's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast. Thank you. 
One other thing real quickly about that Philadelphia game as we're starting to look towards the big man with the Frank Kaminsky tease, Billy Hernan Gomez with a DNP CD against Philadelphia. Not surprised. Yeah, not me, not either. I'm just a little bit, it's something worth noting. You know, Billy Hernan Gomez, lack of defense, something worth noting. And Frank Kaminsky also getting a DNP CD as he's gotten a lot of these games so far. So with Frank Kaminsky on the latest episode of the Woj Pod, Woj and Brian Windhorse were discussing the Jimmy Butler trade rumors. The Rockets rumored to be offering four first-round picks for Jimmy Butler. And so naturally, the discussion goes to other famous rumors for four first-round pick deals. Hmm. That brings us to the Godfather offer, as tabbed by Zach Lowe, that Doug loves discussing more than anything, and Frank Kaminsky, surrounded by that Godfather offer, the four picks from the Boston Celtics. So... That spurred a curious piece of analysis on Frank Kaminsky from Woj. I, I still think, gone to Frank Kaminsky tangent, but I do think, I still think Frank's <laughs> going to be a good player in the league. I think the system, but it'll be interesting. He's not played much early this year, but we'll get back to Frank probably at a later pod. <laughs> like Woj is disgusted <laughs> with the Hornets for not playing Frank Kaminsky. Where the hell did that come from? I love his reluctance at the beginning. I don't want to get on a Frank Kaminsky tangent. <laughs> like, like, has he had these tangents he's, before? Well, like, he's interrupting his national basketball yeah. discussion with Brian Windhorse of ESPN with a Frank Kaminsky take. Does he? He's got this. He's got this <laughs> bold Frank Kaminsky take that he doesn't want. Look, I'll, I'll get to that later. He like, we're, he couldn't help it. Are we he gonna have a to. whole Frank dedicated pod from Woj, <laughs> from Adrian Wojnarowski? What What does he think about Frank Kaminsky? The system. What system works for Frank Kaminsky? The past two systems, you know, Steve Clifford couldn't find any room for him on defense. Now Borrego is not playing him, despite Frank throwing some shade at Steve Clifford's system yes. and saying how much he liked this one. He just didn't realize that he wasn't going to be a part of it. Oh, Woj, big old Frank fan, didn't realize it. All right, I'm put not, on his jersey. I'm not saying much because everybody thinks I'm biased anyway because they think well, I'm you. Like uh, they think that because you are biased. But we it's have true. to note that Frank Kaminsky... <laughs> has been on the the Woj pod before. True. And we also have to note that there have been stories in the past about how Wojnarowski's basketball analysis might not, talking about bias, might not be the most unbiased thing in the world because sometimes in this world of sports journalism, you have to scratch a little back to get a little source. And, and I feel like that's been the, not necessarily the knock on Woj, but just sort of the recognition that Woj gets a lot of this information early. Like this is how things happen. Because this he is. talks to agents, because he talks to players, and because he writes things and says things about those players. Woj is the guy you go to for your news, and in return, he gets the news because he says nice things about Frank Kaminsky. And he goes to bat for guys like Frank Kaminsky. Yeah, Basically, I've never seen that happen in sports journalism. This is a new thing you're breaking to me right now. <laughs> well, no. Yes, nada is as pure as they possibly can. I just can't come. wait for that Frank Kaminsky pod. Boy, count me a in. Favorite. I'm going to bookmark that. Count I can't wait. In. Every single notification that Woj tweets out now, I'm going to read at the edge of my seat trying to figure out when that pod is going to be dropped. In all seriousness, though, everything that we're seeing from the rotation changes from the the energy play that that Borrego is trying to get into this off get into this defense specifically it, we're not seeing any sign that that Frank Kaminsky's return to the rotation barring injury 
is is anywhere near. It's all been the coach speak when it was asked at the beginning of the season, hey, Frank Kaminsky, didn't he get any run? What gives? He said, you know, he's far from buried in my mind. It looks like he's been he's buried in the for mix. quite a while. And to, to Borrego's credit, the, the things that he said he wanted to see out of this team, defense, energy, and that he would reward minutes for that, he's done that. No, he did, and especially after he took him to the woodshed with the comments after shoot-around, what was it, two days ago, maybe it was before the yeah, Chicago Bulls game. Yeah. It was before the Bulls game. He said, you know, these guys are going to get minutes. And that's exactly what you've seen. The guy is not afraid to have a knee-jerk reaction to a lineup change, and that's not even a knock on him. It's just the guy, he will change the lineup, and he'll put out some unorthodox ones out there for you. Thanks for listening to Locked On Hornets here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Hornets. You can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Overcast, wherever you get your podcast. Just search Locked On Hornets. We'll be back with you tomorrow. Mm-hmm.